Welcome to the Unconventional RD Podcast, where we inspire dietitians to think outside of the traditional employment box and create their own unconventional income streams. We'll talk all things online business to help you start, grow, and scale your own digital empire. Today, we have a really inspiring interview with Susie Fisher, a dietitian who created her own meal planning software that she markets to companies and other RDs. I was really excited to do this interview because I'm incredibly inspired by people like Susie who push the envelope, innovate, and create unconventional careers for themselves. I bet there's people listening today, maybe even you, who have dreamed of creating and launching a software as a service business, and this is the episode for you. Susie and I chat about how she got started in this industry, what her entrepreneurial experience has been like, the biggest hurdles she faced when getting into the tech industry, and her advice for others thinking of taking an unconventional career path. We also share how meal planning can be a profitable endeavor for dietitians in private practice and how tools like Fisher Nutrition Systems can be an asset for serving your clients. But before we dive into today's episode, I did want to make a quick announcement. I know things have been really intense lately and our schedules, expectations, and emotions have been all over the place. And amidst all this uncertainty, I really felt called to help the Unconventional RD community in as many ways as possible. So up until now, really the only way that I was formally helping people was through my three online courses, SEO Made Simple, Make Money Blogging, and Email Marketing Magic. However, I've unexpectedly found myself with some extra downtime um, because my European honeymoon that was supposed to take up most of March obviously was canceled. Um, So I've chosen to use that time to serve you. So I'm excited to announce, you know, if you're in the Facebook group or on my email list, you've probably already seen this, but I'm excited to announce that I have three new ways to work with me, all of which you can find on my website at theunconventionalrd.com. So offer number one is website SEO audits. So this is for people who already have a website. Maybe they've been blogging for a while and seeing some success, but they feel like there could be some ways to improve their SEO and get found better via search engines. Maybe they feel like they have a solid uh, understanding of how to create good content, but they're a little iffy on the technical side of SEO, their site speed, their site security, the plugins that they're using, etc. So if you sign up for a website SEO audit through me, I will basically go over your entire site and you'll end up with a 30 plus page report on you know what you're doing right and also what you need to fix or improve. And then the best part is I create a list of action items for you in, in order of priority from what will move the needle and make the most impact first, all the way down to like the minor things that you can get to when you get to it. Um, So you you don't have to think about any of this. Like, yes, of course, if you're in my SEO Made Simple course, you could kind of do your own audit based on the information provided throughout that course. But if that's just not how you work and you're feeling overwhelmed and you're like, just please tell me what to do, this is the service for you. So I will go through your whole website and do a content audit, a technical audit, a backlink audit, and just sort of like a holistic overview of how your website's coming across, your messaging, whether um, your niche is clear, et cetera, et cetera, and just give you some more, you know, helpful recommendations on all of those fronts. So the point here is to A, make sure your website is following best practices for SEO so that you can get the most traffic possible to your website from Google, which then hopefully you can convert into paying customers or just more readerships if you monetize through ads. Um, So that's my goal here to take away the worry and the confusion with optimizing your website and just give you a clear action item list. The second way that you can work with me is mentorship calls. This is something that people have been asking me about for at least a year and I've continually said, oh, maybe in the future, maybe in the future. So the future is here. So right now I've opened up a couple days every month where you can book a one hour mentorship call with me. And this is most appropriate for people who are feeling kind of stuck on something in their business right now. 
So I can help walk you through if you're stuck on any technical website stuff, if you're working on setting up your email list and you're stuck on something, if you're trying to create a membership site or use a confusing plugin, I can probably help you with that. I've done all of this stuff firsthand in my business all by myself. So I feel like I've got a solid understanding on most things online business. So if you are feeling stuck or confused about what the next step should be, you can book a mentorship call with me and I will walk you through it. It's gonna be via Zoom so we can share computer screens with each other um, and we can like take action during the call right there if you'd like. And the third way that I'm here to help you is completely free, which I'm really excited about. I am in the middle of putting together a free how to start a website tutorial. And I asked you guys what you wanted out of all these different options. And this one was far and away the the one that most people were asking for. So this is a 100% free tutorial that will walk you through all the steps required to build a self-hosted WordPress website. So This is for you if you've been thinking about starting a website, but maybe you haven't made that first move, if feelings of tech overwhelm have been holding you back from taking action, or you think you could handle setting up a website, but you just really want someone to walk you through it step by step. So I am putting together a tutorial. I'm literally creating it live week to week rather than waiting till it's all done to release it. So if you register, which again, you can do on my website at theunconventionalrd.com, the first three modules are up right now, and then I'm releasing them as I finish them. So the next module, whenever it comes out, you will get an email every time a new lesson is released once you're enrolled. Um, So by the end of the tutorial, you will have a beautiful, fully functional, self-hosted WordPress website. It's less intimidating than it seems, I promise. And if that sounds like another language, don't worry, in the very first (laughs) lesson of the course, I talk about what it means to have a self-hosted WordPress website and how that's different from using platforms like Squarespace, Wix, or WordPress.com. So I cover that in the very first lesson to help cut through the confusion, because I know that's a really common question. And then as an extra, optional paid upgrade. I do have a private Facebook group that I've put together for people going through this tutorial. If you get stuck and you want to be able to ask me questions and get personal feedback from me, um, you can pay a one-time fee and you can join that Facebook group for more like personalized handholding and support. So that is also an option. So yeah, um, if you'd like more information on all three of these offerings, you can find them on my website, theunconventionalrd.com. Just click the work with me tab or the free start a website tutorial tab. So I look forward to connecting with you further in one of those three avenues. And now without further ado, let's dive into the interview with Susie Fisher. Hi, Susie, and thank you for being on the podcast today. Thanks, Erica. I really appreciate you having me on as a guest. Yeah. So you are the founder and owner of Fisher Nutrition Systems, which is a meal planning software company. And this is totally out of the realm of anything I've ever talked about on the podcast so far. But I think it's something that a lot of people are actually interested in. Like they maybe imagined building a tech related uh, business, but it seems so foreign. So Could you tell us more about what your company offers, like what it is and what it does? Absolutely. Um, We've been in business for a number of years. For now, I started out 15 years ago in digital meal planning. And our company is more of a nutrition full service tech company versus just meal planning. So we offer a couple of different options with the, with our software. You can either use the software directly right out of the box. We come preloaded with hundreds and hundreds of RD created meal plans. And it comes with a, you know, USDA database. We also offer Canadian database, UK, as well as Australian food database. And that integrates with mobile apps. We offer two mobile apps currently. One is a nutrition-only mobile app, and one is nutrition and fitness video integration. But the fitness video can also be used for any video, any type, motivational videos, recipe videos, really anything you want to create. 
So we offer that as a tier level, and then we go up from there. Um, other tiers that we offer are B2B systems where we'll integrate directly into your website, create an e-commerce system. So you're you can have clients directly purchasing your meal plans directly from your website and that's great passive income goes right into your account without even thinking about it clients have access to the mobile app and to the software on their own time we also go a step further and we even offer a b2b system where we set you up as a reseller and we mainly do this for other companies or clients that may have pre-existing meal planning that they know is really wanted out in the marketplace. And they what they will do is brand the mobile app and brand the software, and then they can actually turn around and resell it under their name. So that's a great source of income also. And we do have dietitians and health coaches and physicians and a lot of other businesses that are currently utilizing that system. Okay. So your ideal client, I guess you would say would be other wellness professionals basically who are interested in possibly offering meal plans or it sounds like even like fitness videos and stuff for their clientele. Correct. We have a bunch of different types of clientele. We go from, obviously my favorite are the dietitians because I am a registered dietitian. So those are my favorites. But we do offer the software as well to health coaches, nutritionists. We do have some gym franchises using utilizing the software. We have some physician groups using it. And um, one of our newest clients is a physician group that's starting a functional medicine franchise. In addition, we have some medical centers for utilizing the software as well. It really runs the gamut if someone even has a a protein bar, for example, and wants to build meal plans around that protein bar or that food products, we can even do that as well, utilizing the software. So there's so many different avenues that it can be used for. So really, anyone who's got a health fitness-based business is who, is who our ideal client is. And do people pay like a monthly fee for this service or how does that work? Yeah, the initial, if they're going to use the software directly out of the box, it is just a monthly fee. We're month to month. We have no contracts. And we even brand this the actual software that you're pulling up your web portal. We brand it for you. It's included in the initial fee. The mobile app, they use our mobile app. We can brand the mobile app, and there is an additional fee for that. If there's any sort of additional tech that's involved, such as the B2C or B2B integrations or the white labeling in the mobile app, that is a separate contract. But typically it's just a month to month. You can cancel at any time. We just need 30 days notice. Cool. So again, as I said, this I think is way out of a lot of dietitians' wheelhouses. They're like, whoa, how did you even come up with this and, and do it? You know what I mean? Can you give us some more insight into where this idea came from? At what point in your career maybe you decided to create this offering? Absolutely. I started out like most RDs did doing clinical. I was a long-term care RD for many years. It fit in perfectly with me as a mom, um, trying to raise my family, but still keep my feet wet as a dietitian. But like many of us, I got really burnt out working as a long-term care RD, and I never fit into that clinical RD mold. It just wasn't me. And I got very lucky, and I fell into a great job at eDiets Corporate, which really taught me the ropes of, of the digital meal planning world, how to work with food databases, and really how to work meal planning around cl different clients' needs and different types of products. I did a, wrote a lot of meal plans for a lot of Fortune 500 companies. And through that process, met a lot of developers. So I'm not going to sit here and say that I wrote the code. I mean, that's not something that I know how to do. I know just enough like HTML and things to be dangerous. But um, really just enough know-how to understand how the back end coordinates with what I'm doing so everything works seamlessly and have a really good working knowledge of food databases because it is a little bit more technical than people do realize. Can you explain what a food database is? Sure, of course. Food database is just a very large database of pretty much 
all the food products that are available or are sharing their information with the USDA. So most of um, the meal planning software companies out there, we base our software off of the USDA food database. In addition, we have added some other foods and we can manually add foods in if somebody does want some additional foods because unfortunately the USDA doesn't provide every single food that's out there. And we do also have, like I mentioned before, we have a UK database, a small Canadian database, as well as an Australian food database. So those can all be turned on if we get clients from those countries. And how does that uh, relate to the meal planning? Is it like you use that to figure out which foods to add to meet certain like macronutrient or micronutrient needs or how does it integrate? That would be on the dietitian facing side. So for example, we provide hundreds of pre-created templates. We have so templates, anything you can imagine. We have from keto to macro plans to curb cycling. We have advanced medical series, diabetes dash. I mean, you can imagine we have it pretty much built. So those RDs could take, or any business could take those meal plans and create their own version of it, utilizing the foods from their own countries or their own areas. And in addition, if somebody does request it, we can create the custom meal planning for them. We have in the works currently right now a completely Spanish meal planning system where we have three meal plans that were created solely in Spanish, and we had this amazing RD she translated a good chunk of our food database into Spanish. So it can be done. It's just a lot, it's a lot of work, but it can be done. And then it does translate back into macros and calories and micronutrients and it all kind of falls into place eventually. Cool. So how did you even know that there was a need for this product when you were brainstorming? Good question. Um, Working in software, I did know that there was a need for this because I was getting a lot of requests to do customized meal planning for a lot of companies. And I really realized that, number one, I was sick of making money for other people. And I was like, why am I not doing this for myself? There's no reason I shouldn't be doing it. And so many of the softwares that the software companies that are available right now, a lot of them are just recipes and not that we have anything we love recipes but they my feeling was that they didn't supply the clients with that educational basis that they need if they're not in their kitchen we don't feel like clients live in their kitchens so if you're just giving clients a meal plan based on recipes well it looks great you're handing clients a packet what is that really teaching them if they can't take those recipes and actually apply them to real world to real life if they're on vacation or if they're at a party or at a restaurant so i really felt like there was needed there was a meal planning software that was needed that was more goal oriented education based that's why we're called go meal plans so we're on the go we're goal oriented we're looking at more of how to make changes within the client's daily lives that they can really meet those goals and make those lifelong lifestyle changes. What does that look like? I can't say that I've really ever given someone a meal plan or made one, um, except for just like, here's five things that I'm making for dinner. And I tried to share that, but (laughs) that's not really a meal plan. Can you explain what the product looks like? Like what is someone getting Absolutely. So everything's digital, first of all, and every client has their own web page. So when a client logs in, the web page says their name, the app says, hello, Susie, or hello, Erica, it has your name on it. Every single item on that web page is specially designed for that client. So the meal plan that was recommended by the healthcare professional is already preloaded onto that person's web page. So the meal plan's going, it depends again on what the meal plan is, how many calories it is, is it macro-based, is it an actual food-based meal plan. It's going to give them um, ideas of what to be eating for every meal occasion, breakfast, snack, lunch, dinner, snacks um, throughout the day. And within that meal planner, they're not tied to those foods. So every time the client maybe wants to exchange an apple, maybe apples weren't on sale this week, but pears were on sale, they could exchange that apple for pears and add that into their meal plan. And the meal planner is going to automatically adjust any of the nutritionals 
to meet the changes that were made. So we have even exchanges available, edits are available, they can delete, add new foods. There's a lot of really cool different options of what the client can do. So it gives the client the capabilities to make some decisions on their own and therefore they're able to learn how to eat properly and not so much being told, okay, here's a static meal plan, eat three ounces of chicken here, and eat this and eat that. If they don't want to eat chicken, okay, what can I eat instead? Click the exchange button. Oh, wow, these are all proteins. Let me choose pork today. So I'm going to choose it out. Okay, this is how many ounces of pork exchanges for this chicken. And it really provides the client with a lot of education. So we find that it does help the clients in the end because you don't want them meal planning and logging for the rest of their lives. It's really just a tool to help them with their lifestyle changes. That's a really good explanation and that helps like clarify what someone's actually looking at when they're using this program. That makes a lot of sense. And I think that's a unique perspective that probably would take a dietitian, like someone who's on the ground seeing the trouble spots to even identify that and then create a solution. So that's cool. What's really nice too is the dietitians themselves can go onto the client's logs and actually see how the clients are doing and run reports and see how, the, how their nutrients are falling, okay, maybe you need a little more calcium. So that's what's really nice too. We've made it super simple for the healthcare practitioner too, so that they're able to easily access everything the client's doing, um, their exercise, because we do sync with a lot of the tracking devices like Apple Watch and Garmin and Fitbit. So this way we're able to, as healthcare practitioners, actually go on, where are your trouble spots? Where are you having issues? Maybe it's that you're not having that snack at like three o'clock. That is usually the hardest time for people, and that's why you're maybe binge eating at 11 o'clock at night because you haven't eaten enough for the day, and how are you going to tell that by looking at the client's log? So easy for the RD to help the client that way by being able to access their logs as well. Can you walk us through like how you started this business? Like, What was step one, and what was the trajectory like? Was it rapid growth or slow and steady over a few years? Like, how did that all work? I am very lucky that I have, um, I have some amazing mentors that I've worked with for years and they just happen to be developers. You know, I, I always found, and I, I tell everybody this, if I've mentored any dietetic students or anyone, never burn bridges, never know who you're going to meet in life. I'm a huge fan of LinkedIn. I know a lot of the RDs that we um, talk to are huge fans of LinkedIn. I think it's often overlooked as a great social media platform for us as RDs. Um, but I had especially met this one mentor about, oh my gosh, over 15 years ago, and he really helped guide the process and really helped get me started into this day. He's just been such a huge support system for me. Every step of the way really guided me. Trust me, it's slow and steady. It's not a quick trajectory. I think if anyone goes into a business and really believes that they're going to make a million dollars in the first year, they're fooling themselves. And yeah, when I first started, did I think, of course, I'm going to open a website and everyone's, it's like, you know, they will build, I'll build it and they will come, you know, that saying, you really believe that, but that's not true. And it's such a learning process. And there's days, I'm not going to lie, RDs that are very close to me know there's days that I've been like, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm tired. I just can't. And I joke, I'm just going to go and work at Trader Joe's. I think life would be so much easier just to work at Trader Joe's. But will we be happy? No, because we're obviously all entrepreneurs. And this is what we live for is the ups and the downs. Um, but I do feel like aligning yourself with mentors in your life is so important. And if you want to go into tech, find some tech mentors who can help guide you through the process. I was guided through the financials, um, how to build this, how to price it. I had great developers behind me to help me with the website. But also, I've recreated the wheel a bunch of times. We rebranded last year right before Fancy. We went to Fancy for the first time in October, and no joke, right before Fancy, a day before we launched our new website with our new branding. So I think it's always a... I think it's always in motion. You're always in progress and you can't just rest on your laurels and you just need to keep moving and keep building and keep changing with the times. 
do you think people are receptive? Like, let's say you, you were thinking about making an app or a software, but you don't know any developers. Are people receptive to reaching out cold or do you have suggestions on how to get in with this community of people? Sure. I mean, I have people contacting me on LinkedIn constantly asking for stuff. Um, a lot of them, though, they're looking for white labeling. So I really do feel like if you don't have enough financial backing, why recreate the wheel and look for a product? You can even look for products similar to ours where we'll white label it for you. It looks like your product will even load it with your meal plans and you won't even know that we exist. So almost in that situation, you really do need to understand that starting with tech, tech breaks. Tech needs, um, as you know, Erica, I know you know tech fails us quite a bit. You have to be prepared to just put the brakes on if tech breaks because it happens. There's bugs and you got to fix those bugs. And you have clients emailing you really mad because stuff isn't working and you got to have really thick skin. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not an easy business to go into. And again, you just have to have the support system. And I really recommend if you don't have the background in it, Find a product like ours that's already pre-created. We'll white label it for you. We can create it. It's actually not that expensive at all because we've already done all the work and we're just reskinning it and white labeling everything. So that's a good way to start if you want to kind of get your feet wet into the business. I'm just curious on a personal level, when you maybe are working with a developer or something, is it common? Like, are you partnering with them or are you giving them equity in the business or are you just straight up paying them up front? Like, what, do you know what the common conventions are for that? You can do both. I paid mine up front, so there's no, I'm the only sole owner of the business, but you can do both actually um, if you want to partner with a developer. I just really recommend you know who the developer is, know what they're capable of, know what you might need. Different developers do different things. And I think people don't realize that you have developers that do apps, developers that do web platforms that design websites that can actually code. You need to make sure you get the right developer and you may need more than one on your team. So you have to make sure that you align yourself with the right people. And that sometimes can be very difficult to find we have one client that we're working with right now who he did have an initial app created by another company and he said it it was awful it didn't work for him so he found us through google and you know we're hopefully going to be building his site and his um app for him but he said that he didn't align himself with the right people and he wasted a lot of money so you really i kind of get nervous of people who say, oh, I'm just going to do this. And they really don't know because you really have to understand what you're doing. That's great advice. I'm just asking because I literally have no idea. So I love to hear your perspective. So, okay. So when you started this business, like how did you even get your first customer? How did, how did that go down? That took time. I'm telling you again, I really was like, oh, it's just going to happen. I'm going to open a website. When I got that for, it was an RD and it was, I think just through one of the Facebook groups and it was the most exciting day ever. And I thought, oh wow, there's validity finally. But it was hard because I, again, I, even though I was working with developers and I thought I had my website SEO optimized, I probably didn't have it as optimized as it should have been. And again, you really believe, oh, I'm going to, and I'm sure a lot of us RDs and entrepreneurs, we start these blogs or these websites and we think, oh, it's up. Why is no one showing up? It's almost like opening a store and not telling anyone you exist. No one's going to know you're there. So when I did get that first client, it was so exciting. Um, and it just happened. And then after that, the bull just started rolling. And now we're starting to get a lot larger clients and businesses who are actually white labeling doing B2B, their resellers, their franchises, things like that. Um, so we're starting to move more into that realm. But we still do love our RDs, our one-on-one RDs. How did you know that this was going to work? What made you keep going in the beginning when maybe you didn't have a lot of clients? I didn't know it was going to work. And I th I'm not going to lie. I thought about giving up. I still, there's days, I think I've said, there's still days that I just want to like pack it in. Because as you know, Erica, starting your own business, I know I've watched your trajectory from 
when you first started your Facebook group to now, and you, I'm sure there were days that you want, were like, I can't do this anymore. The stress is just too great. The, it's just, I can't do this. But you just move on and you just keep going and you don't stop. And if it's something that you really love, you just don't give up on it. And I, you know, I've just felt like it was just something that I've always wanted to do. And it was something I was really good at. So I just kept going, you know. And don't you feel, I, I feel like there's almost like a critical mass that you hit at some point and you never quite know when that's going to be, but once it hits, you're like, oh, it's going like this is, this is working, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then it feels like everything's flowing and it's like, oh, this is, this is working. This is working. But then you get the, that one time where you're like, oh, it's not working. And you're like, I gotta give up, I gotta give up. But then you don't give up. You keep, you keep plugging away and keep working at it. Yeah, that's a good point. It's not as if all of a sudden it's suddenly everything's smooth sailing. No, 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 not at all, not at all. And I feel you on the tech stuff. That can sometimes just come out of the blue and you're like, oh, well, this is what I'm working on today. Exactly, exactly. There's just days that I just like want to cry, but you know. How did you go about even figuring out what to charge for a software as a service sort of business? Um, I, again, had great mentors and financial advisors, and I really did ask. I, I am of the thought, I'm not afraid to ask for help. I know some people are afraid to ask for help. Um, I, my husband is a CPA, so that did help, of course. But again, a lot of mentoring um, people that really were helping me and trying to figure out for me of what we should charge we have modified the pricing here and there. We try to keep it affordable. I want to keep it so it's affordable so your private practice dietitian can still afford it but yet make money. And our resellers can also white label, resell, and still make money. Um, you know, because if they're not going to make money, why are they going to utilize the software? So again, it's trial and error, I think. But asking for advice, having mentors, people really, you know, talking you through what are your end goals, what are you looking to to achieve in the long mm -hmm. run? Yeah, that was going to be my side question. Like, did you play with different prices and see what the response was and then kind of go from there? And we've pretty much left the monthly pricing the same when we launched our newest mobile app, which has the fitness video integration. We did raise the price a bit and I was hesitant and uncomfortable with doing that but then I you know you realize that it does give you know the clients more technology it gives them you know you're getting this fitness video integration so we had to charge for it I mean this is just something and it did make you uncomfortable but you have to charge for your services and we have to get over that discomfort of being of charging we have to know our own worth and i do feel like the software is worth what we're charging for it but again we do try to keep the price point affordable enough so the average private practice rd can utilize it but still you know make some money and either bill it as a membership type of a business or they can even roll it in as an added value to give more value to a package, depending on how the client, how the RD or the health coach, whoever's using the software really wants to use the program. I think it's great that it's a kind of collaborative effort of you're providing a really valuable service and earning a living off of that. And then it kind of piggybacks so that the person using it can also pass that service forward to their clients and earn a living or not a full living probably, but you know, an additional chunk of income from this additional service. Cool business model. Is there anything that you know now after having done this for a really long time that you wish you knew when you were starting out? Oh gosh, everything. <laughs> One thing I would definitely recommend to new entrepreneurs, and I see this a lot in all the dietitian Facebook groups and a lot of the entrepreneur Facebook groups, is so many people get caught up, and I did also, and that's where I learned from my mistakes. I'm so caught up in the branding and the website and the colors, and honestly, that's not as important as really knowing what your program is and what you're offering to your users. Um, Look, I look at back at what we did. I started with a website and I kept 
band-aiding it and kind of like, you know, redoing it and redoing it. And then I realized I had to scrap the whole thing and redo the entire thing. You're going to do that. It's just, that's how businesses evolve. You're going to change your business over time. We evolve as people, as we grow, as we get older, the same thing happens in the business as it evolves, as it gets older, things change. You learn things about your audience. I've learned so much about the RDs that I've worked with. So we're adding new programs and adding new offerings and, you know, changing up the software a little bit this year to provide what people are asking for. But don't get so caught up in the name of your business and the colors and the website because I got so caught up in that stuff. And sometimes I think that's not what matters. And I think I love that you focus so much on SEO. Um, I think that's so important to make sure that you make your presence known on the internet, get your voice out there, and really um, provide a good product to your audience and listen to your audience. So important. If you, and I tell this even when people are creating meal plans, if you don't know your audience, you can't create a meal plan for them. How can you do that? You don't know who you're meal planning for. So you have to really keep all that in mind. So I wish I wouldn't have gotten bogged down in the little nitty gritty details and I focused more on the big picture. I think I would have been a lot less stressed. Do you have any sort of systems built in for getting that feedback from people? I do. I just, I get it from the users that I have currently in the software from their users. And um, I do have a meal planning one-on-one Facebook group and I get a lot of information from there. And even just from going on some of the other Facebook groups or some of the other blogs or just listening to what other RDs are doing, I think is so important and really listening to what people need. What are they needing? What are they wanting? Do they need this new rollout? Is it something that they're going to utilize? Yes. And I've seen similar advice even for people who maybe are looking to write a book on a topic or something like that, like going into other books that are already in the space on Amazon and maybe reading through perhaps some of the lower star ratings and see like, oh, what did this person think was missing from this content and how can I fill that gap? That's really good advice. And I don't see anything wrong with going on your competitors' websites and learning from your competitors. I think we need to stop being afraid of our competition and maybe learn from our competition and embrace our competition. Because there's a lot of meal planning competition out there that I'm fighting with much larger companies with a lot more money backing them. But their offerings are different than mine. And it's interesting to go and look and see what they're doing. And maybe you can learn from that. You can... in maybe expand upon it and you're not going to copy what they're doing per se, but maybe expand on it into your own thing because maybe that's working for their audience and we have similar audiences. So I really recommend going on your, don't be afraid of your competition. Some people are afraid to go and read their competitions, blogs or go to their websites. Stop being afraid of them, embrace them. Yeah. And maybe even, you know, instead of even thinking of them as, quote unquote competition, they're really just like a peer in your space, to be honest. Like they're not taking anything away from you. Your your thing is different. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And you know what? I don't I feel like other dietitian, other software companies offer different things. And I've actually gotten on calls with RDs that are like, you know what? I really want recipes mainly for my clients and I'll bluntly tell them we're not the software for you and I'll tell them where to go. So I have no issue recommending out and giving advice if they're not the right fit for us because what's going to happen is that it's like fitting, you know, a square peg into a round hole. They're going to sign on and I, I'm going to say, yeah, we could do this for you. We're everything. We're not everything and they're not everything either and they can't provide everything that we provide either. So I think it's also good to recommend out. Don't be afraid to do that. I think it does give you credibility as a business person. So, you, you know, you really should be honest with your audience. Yep. I feel like this maybe happens to newer entrepreneurs where they want to be everything for everyone and they don't want to turn someone away. But what's more likely to happen is that perhaps you're not really prepared to offer them what they might have been looking for. And then that just leads to someone not being satisfied with the services that you're providing. And nobody wants that. Exactly. So again, there we go back to knowing your audience, to know what your audience is looking for. And that's why I have an option um, to actually get on a call at first for like 15 minutes to 20 minutes to see if we're actually a good fit. Cause we're not necessarily going to be a great fit for everybody. 
we, you can't be everything to everybody. And I think it's better to um, be honest in business versus lying. Cause you're right. You're eventually going to set somebody up for disappointment and they, you know, they're going to get upset with you and bad. You, know, you also don't want your business getting bad mouthed by anybody. Right. Yeah. Just all around better to just be upfront and part. And that comes from knowing your product and your ideal client and the actual outcomes you can provide. Like for example, with my SEO course, I have had people come to me and they're like, I hate writing. I never plan on writing anything. I don't want to blog. Should I take your course? And I'm like, probably not because <laughs> you kind of have to create content to get it found on the internet. So, and you're just being straightforward um, and not acting like, oh, your things like the panacea of all things. You know what I mean? I agree a hundred percent. And, you know, being honest, I think honesty is the best policy. I know that sounds old fashioned, but I think you get, again, again, you gain credibility just as even a mentor within our, you know, our field as a peer, I think that does help give yourself some credibility. So I'm really inspired by your story and how you've basically like completely invented this entire business that's very unique and like thinking outside of the box and so outside of maybe what we envision as dietitians. Do you have any advice out there for other dietitians who might be inspired by this story and be like, whoa, I want to do something like that too? Like, do you have tips about reinventing your career to kind of follow what you're truly passionate about? Absolutely. I think that nobody should be stuck doing what they don't love doing. Listen, I understand we have bills you know, those of us that have children, we have children, we're trying to juggle lives, but never stop looking for what you love. And again, you never know what's going to fall in your lap. When I got that job over 15 years ago with eDiets Corporate, I didn't even know anything about meal planning really. I'm going to be honest, when I started working for them, I didn't even, and this is back when the internet was not like as big of a thing. And um, I didn't even know how to create a folder. Okay. That's how non-tech savvy I was. I'll, I'm, I'm admitting this. It's kind of embarrassing. I was so nervous on my first day because they're like, yeah, we put everything in folders. And I'm like, oh my God, I need to know. How. I don't think they had Google back then either. So I had to figure it out on my own quick learner, I learned how to do it. Um, and I was able to reinvent myself. So maybe you enjoy, um, I don't know, exercise, maybe go get a personal training license, maybe go talk to a gym, set yourself up in a gym. I mean, there's always ways to think outside that box. You, if you're not a clinical person, you don't have to stay in clinical. There's so many other jobs out there. I think we don't realize there's companies out there that want meal plans written for their company, or there's just individuals who maybe have been doing a meal plan program, and maybe they want an RD to give credibility to their program, and you could even help them design their programs. You, you're ghostwriting, but so what? There's a lot of really cool things you can do around meal plan that isn't around one-on-one -on -one nutrition, but I, I think you just have to really dig deep and find what you love the most. I mean, I'm sure when you started as an RD, you had no idea you were going to end up building this turd community, right? Exactly. So I, I, I think, you know, never stop learning. I'm definitely not super young, but it's also a lesson that age is not a limit. Doesn't, you shouldn't put a limitation on your age and you can reinvent yourself at any age you don't have to be 20 something years old in order to start your business or to um, build a new business or even to change your career. And don't be afraid to do it. You should never be afraid. Just jump in and you know what? If it doesn't work, so what? Go do something else. It, no one's, I think people don't realize no one's judging you. At least you tried. And I really truly believe that. At least you gave it a try. I 100% agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, there, I think there is a fear of judgment out there. Um, I talked about this actually in my last interview. <laughs> I think it's a fear, an internal fear and also an external fear. Like you're judging yourself and you're also worried that other people will be judging you. But I mean, what are we doing if that's how we're making the decisions in our life? You know, like if it's fear driven, that's never really going to get you to a place where you're really feeling satisfied and happy with 
what you're doing. So I agree. And maybe keep that part-time job while you're building your business. Um, you know, it might not be a tech business, but even if it's that private practice that you want to build, do it on the side until it builds out, you know, just get on Upworks and put yourself out there for meal planning jobs. You could utilize our software even for that. I mean, there's a lot of different things you could do, um, ghost writing, other things. It doesn't have to be actual writing. It could be writing meal plans or writing meal plan programs or guidebooks or things like that. So, you know, always think outside the box. You don't have to give up your job to do a lot of these things. You could do it on the side or on the weekends until you build it up to where you can maybe afford to leave your current position. Mm -hmm. That's great advice. I think sometimes it's overwhelming and feels like all or nothing, but it's like nine times out of 10, you can find a way to slowly build your way into it. I agree. So I'm just curious, like as the owner of this business, what does your day-to-day look like? It changes every day. Um, it could change at the drop of a hat. Like for example, today um, I had only this on my calendar for today, since yesterday, and then out of the blue, one of our um, one of my newer clients who's building out a functional medicine franchise said one of the physicians in our group needs a tutorial. It's one thing we pride ourselves on. We're really big on customer service. So we will hop on a Zoom video with somebody and walk them through. And we don't leave people hanging. We don't just sell them software. We'll actually hopefully handhold a lot, maybe a little too much. So I could be handholding a lot throughout the day. Um, so I could be answering emails for people who have questions. I'm on LinkedIn answering messages, connecting with people writing meal plans, um, working on just funnels, emails. We have a lot of new programs in the pipe. So again, it changes day to day. I'm on meetings a lot of the day, doing a lot of demos, those type of things. Um, after I get off with you, I have a call with someone who wanted to chat from LinkedIn. And then I have a call at like four o'clock with somebody who wants a meal planning program written. So I'm helping them write it from scratch. So it's like you just never know. It changes day to day. And then there's days where you're kind of like, okay, nothing on the calendar. Oh my God, this is so bad. But those are the great days where you could just dig in and actually do content because that's where I, you know, don't find the as much time as I would like to get content done. Yeah. I think that's a cool insight though about how you have a business um, that's serving a lot of people and it's not really tied to your direct time one-on-one. -on -one. Like instead, a lot of your time is like building relationships and yes. um, supporting your clients and um, just behind the scenes stuff a little bit more. It's a lot of behind the scenes. I'm um, fixing, if there's a bug, talking to developers, it's a lot of that kind of stuff because there's other things that need to be done behind the scenes that people don't realize. Yeah. Do you enjoy that business model? I do. Of course, there's days that you're going to get frustrated, um, but I do. I do love working with people. I did have a private practice, practice temporarily um, when I was younger. Loved it. That was one of my favorite things to do was work one-on-one, -on -one, but it, you know, it wasn't didn't end up being my love. Tech is really what I love to do. I love meal planning. So I do love working with my clients and I do love developing meal plan programs. That's one of my favorite things to do. So when I have time, I like to really delve in and create new meal plans. That's one of my favorite. I know people hate writing meal plans and I don't, I don't understand it. It's one of my favorite things to do. I don't get it. Well, that's why this business is perfectly aligned for you. I guess that's one of my favorites, though, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it's cool that this business model is so scalable. So, you know, you have the system set up, and then instead of maybe being in the trenches all the time, your, as I said, focus is more on building the business and, and connecting with more people and maybe getting new people to sign up. Is that, what is that like? Like having a business that is scalable in that way and has no ceiling really is how, has that changed your perspective or your, your life? I mean, it hasn't significantly at the moment. It is a little scary to think what it, the possibilities are, especially when you do get that potential client that has the ability to just skyrocket the business. Um, it's very nerve wracking. Um, 
I see myself as an entrepreneur, but I'm sure as you know, there's times you look in the mirror and you have that imposter. You feel like an imposter. You, you know, you start feeling, I can't do this. I can't do this. Um, you know, I, I think that I still look at it as I have to still service those clients no matter how large they are or how small. And I stopped looking at the larger picture because it was making me very anxious. I know that there's entrepreneurs out there that set like a yearly goal and it's a monetary goal. And for me, that made me very stressed out. If I didn't meet that goal, I set different types of goals for myself. So again, every business is different. And it one nice thing about our business, it is super scalable because we do earn passive income based on especially our B2B resellers, which is really nice. We could kind of sit back and just, you know, kind of earn income from these resellers, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. And it's, it's a lot of work. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to go in and lie to anyone and tell them, yeah, even if you do B2B with us, it's still, you have to be willing to market the business and build the business. We're not going to build it for you. And that's really your job. Um, but you know, I just keep plugging away and just hope that I, you know, reach all those goals, but I'm trying not to let that stress level take over because it, it can get really stressful running a company. It's hard. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of maybe other kind of like software as a service companies, like even email marketing platforms mm -hmm. where they're building it and you pay them to use their, their technology every month, but like it's still on you to get the people to sign up for your email list. And, um, exactly. Yeah. But I do imagine on the back end of those companies, like how much tech support and customer service support oh, yeah. and all of that, that must go on. Yeah. We're in fact, um, about to roll out a, um, uh, we added, we're adding a customer support line, like email on our website. So people can actually even go there directly to request customer support because sometimes we just get so much, you know, influx or just so much we can handle. And with tech, it does help with customer service to know exactly what the problem is, how it happened, what kind of phone you're using or computer you're using. So we can identify if there truly is a bug or something's broken. So it does help. So we are rolling that out to kind of service our clients even better. That's awesome. And that's just such a great example of you continue to add mm -hmm. and improve the business where you see the weak points forming as the business grows. Exactly. Um, it's not like you started with that from day one. Oh, no. Yeah. No, my website was, I laugh at my old website. It was nothing like it is now. It's much nicer. So yeah, I'm very happy with that, with the way the company's been progressing. And I like to talk about mindset a lot, um, just sort of bubbles up in my conversations with people, but did you encounter any mindset hurdles with starting this type of business? Absolutely. It's very scary because you have, you worry about the financial ramifications. If things don't work out, are you going to strap your family? And I'm sure this is something that I do see this a lot mentioned and it's very scary to think, okay, you have a mortgage, you have cars, you have insurance, you have this, you have that. I mean, I am lucky that I have somebody who does cover the medical insurance. So that is definitely a benefit. But it is really scary at first to be able to jump over that hurdle to say, I'm going to do it, I'm going to try it. And that's why I do recommend starting small and not going out and taking out, you know, these humongous business loans, because what happens if it doesn't work out? See first if there is a need for your product, feel out your audience, start slow. And then I think that the mindset will come. And again, I'm, there's still days where your mindset's not perfectly clear and you don't have that entrepreneurial mindset. And again, you have that feeling of being an imposter. And I think that that's just normal with any entrepreneur. Have you seen people, I think I've seen this conversation a few times where people maybe are apprehensive about earning money as an entrepreneur or an independent contractor because of taxes um, or people being intimidated by the amount of taxes that they have to pay and they're like, is this even worth it? What do you think about that? I mean, we're going to pay taxes regardless. Listen, I think number one, and I think this is from being married to a CPA, I highly recommend outsourcing to professionals. We all get upset as RDs and people outsource to people who are not registered and credentialed. So I don't know why 
we don't practice what we preach. We're sitting there saying, yeah, we don't understand why these companies aren't using us as the, we're the nutrition professionals. And, and then we're sitting there trying to do our taxes ourselves. So it's not that expensive to hire a, a CPA who's a solo entrepreneur. You're also going to help their business. You got to think of it that way. You're helping their business. So a couple things, I definitely feel like that could be a very scary thing, especially if you have a young family and you're just starting out and money is really tight. Taxes can be an issue, especially if you live in certain states. I'm lucky I live in Florida. Taxes aren't as much of an issue in Florida as, for example, California or even New York. So I think just finding out the ins and outs first, maybe before you go into business, Maybe it's not as scary as you think it is. If you need health insurance, maybe it's not as scary as you think it is. Get the information first and then make a, a concerted decision. But get your ducks in a row. Get your professionals. Get an attorney to write your contracts. Get your get a, you know, a CPA behind you. I just feel like in every business, you have to have the right tools. And those are, those are part of the people in your toolbox. Yeah, I'm, I'm finally taking that advice. At the, on the flip side of that, I don't think you should let that hold you back from, from getting started, but there will be a moment when you need it. And then don't be afraid at that moment to hire people. So yeah, I just, I met with an, a CPA for the first time this year. So, and it probably wasn't as bad as you thought it was. I'm guessing. No, it was immensely helpful. Yeah. See? Yeah. It does help. I, I think that, you know, we need to stop being so afraid. And I think sometimes those barriers are really barriers in our mind from our fear. And it's just, those are excuses to start the business. I have young kids. I don't have the money. I can't do this. I don't have the time. I am, a, you know, it's really all fear-based and that fear may not go away, but in order to get over it, you really have to just jump into that fire and just do it. Sometimes you just have to do it. And that's why I, I said before, like, don't get, bogged down with the website and the logo and you know what I changed my logo twice already it happens you change your logo there's companies that have changed their logos a million times just move on with your business and just jump in and just do it for sure I changed my branding and my website like five times yeah exactly exactly I mean you know you're, you're gonna grow up and change and evolve as you get older and, and your business is going to evolve so why not you know we've changed our hairstyles why should we change our branding I mean think about it yes that's so true sometimes I think it's intimidating people like you said think that um, you know maybe what you start doing like you're you're locked in forever but that could not be farther from the truth you're not locked in <laughs> you can pivot there's something called a DBA. You can always file a DBA doing business as, and you could change any name you want. As long as you get it done legally, it's all good to go. So yeah, don't get bogged down with the little minor details. And fate, it really, maybe sometimes I think people need to take a step back and think, what's really holding me back? What's my fear? And if it really is financial, if you're really scraping by on your income, like I said before, keep that part-time job or Get some, maybe some freelance work or do something until you can make it work. Just do what you love. I mean, trust me, eventually take it from somebody whose kids are grown. Your kids grow up and they're out the door and then you have to really be doing something that you love. It just, you know, you don't want to be sitting and doing the same thing unless it's something you love. There's a lot of RDs that love clinical. I have friends that love clinical, but not everybody does. Not everyone's cut out to do it. I wasn't, I was terrible at clinical. Was the worst clinical dietitian. It, it, that applies to any niche. Like uh, some people hate content creation. Some people hate working with clients one on one. Like you know, anything that you might be doing and loving, there's someone out there who hates doing that thing. You're right. It's, it's very interesting. I know. You know, some people hate going on camera. Some people, it's it's so true. They don't. You know. You just have to find what you love and what you fit into. So you fit that round peg into the round hole and it all fits nice and perfect into your life. And acknowledging that that probably won't happen immediately or the first thing you try. It just, maybe you'll get lucky, but for most people, it's a little bit of a experimental phase in the beginning of your entrepreneurial endeavors. That's a very, very good point. Again, even with me, I started out writing meal plans for corporate clients and segued into this. So 
that was a good starting point for me. So, you, you know, that's how I found, wow, I really love putting all those puzzle pieces together. And I love how the macros fit. And I kind of, I just love that, that kind of math side of it. It just, you know, it just was something that flowed in my boat. I just loved it. So you never know. You just never know what you're going to fall in love with. Exactly. So where should people go if they want to learn more about Fisher Nutrition Systems and everything you have to offer? Um, what's your website? It's fishernutritionsystems.com. You could also go to gomealplans.com. We have that pointing towards Fisher Nutrition Systems. We have a Facebook page, which is also Fisher Nutrition Systems. And I recently started, and it's not really to push the website and the software as much. I do have clients in there, but it's really just to kind of explain the ins and outs of meal planning and how to make money to meal planning. I have a Facebook group, let me find the name of it. It's Meal Plan 101 for, here it is, Meal Plan 101, Meal Planning 101 for Nutrition, Health, and Fitness Professionals. So you could go ahead and request to join that as long as you answer the questions and you do not have to be a dietitian to join as long as you're somebody who's in the health field or fitness field and you do work with clients with meal planning or you have a business surrounding it. That's one thing we request. And I'm also on LinkedIn as Suzanne Fisher. And I am on Instagram as Fisher Nutrition Systems as well. I'm not as active on Instagram. That's not where my peeps hang out. So you got to learn where your social media peeps hang out. For sure. That's cool that you give people support and educate. I think that's a huge piece of educating on how your product could even help them and help them envision the outcomes and the benefit that it could provide. So. Yeah. I especially really like the white labeling that you offer. That's super cool. The white labeling is awesome. It's, it's beyond affordable for, to create an app probably from scratch, we're looking at tens of thousands of dollars, our app to white label to under $2,000. And we take your low, I, I know I see, I saw, I know you all can't see her, but she was like, are you kidding me? That's like so cheap. Um, we take your logo, your colors, um, you approve everything from start to finish. You become a developer on Apple, essentially, and we do everything for you from start to finish. And then your actual app will show up in the app store. And we do have amazing developers. So if you did want something custom done to the app, there's obviously additional development costs, but we feel we're very affordable and we can do that as well. So we do take care of that. And the softwares are, we brand that for you without branding the mobile app. That's done automatically. Yeah. I mean, that's less money than I see people charge for just a website. So, <laughs> and, and our, to get everything from, if you do a B2B, B2C and a website, we'll actually design a website is actually cheaper. And this is an e-commerce website is less expensive than most people charge to create a plain old website. So we do everything from soup to nuts. Um, from with graphic designers, everything. So we take care of it all for you. Well, amen to you for creating such a comprehensive service for people. It feels like you really understand the needs that your ideal client has. And then you sort of made the exact thing that they're looking for, which is exactly what we should all be doing. So a really great example. Yeah, dietitians hate, and everyone hates creating meal plans because it takes hours and hours and hours to do. So they're working with the client one-on-one, -on -one, but then they're going home and spending two hours writing a meal plan. You're losing money. So with our, we try to create the software so you're not like bogged down creating these meal plans one-on-one -on -one for every single client because they can go in and change up the food themselves within the templates. That's what makes the beauty of it. It looks custom, but it isn't. And that's, that's what's so awesome about the software. Yeah. And I love that you love that. So you've created a business just doing the exact thing that you really, really love to do. Like, yes. Yeah, thank you. I'm such a tech nerd. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Who does that sound like? You. <laughs> um, so yeah, you. I think you have a special offer for people listening. I do, I do. We normally charge an initial fee of $99 to sign on, and that's include what we, what we charge that what that charges for is the brand and we have a graphic designer brand your software your website for you not the mobile app i make that clear it's just the software 
And we're also providing you customer service. So if you do need some one-on-one, -on -one, you need some additional tutorials, we'll gladly get on with you. One of myself or someone from customer service will get on with you. So we're going to take $50 off that fee. And so your initial sign-on will be like 80 something dollars to start to get you for your first 10 clients. And your code is TURD50, T-U-R-D 50. So yeah, I figured it's for the TURD community. Got to give you, you know, a special deal. And um, so this way you just use that code and it's for both of our mobile app systems. It's for the GoMeal plans and the GoMeal plans plus platform. We arranged it for both. So whichever, um, mobile app you want to utilize, that's your choice. That's really generous of you. And thank you for extending that to everybody listening. Just so everyone else knows, that's not like an affiliate code. I'm not affiliated. This is like a full on just generous offer from Susie. And we do, and so, you know, we do have an affiliate program if anyone's interested. So yeah, but that is very sweet of you to say that, Erica. It's my gift to all the turd community because I do love the community. So. Well, thank you. Well, I had such a great time chatting with you. Thank you again for being here. Um, and I hope that you do get a lot of people reaching out um, and checking out your stuff. Thank you so much, Erica. I just loved talking to you. So, and I appreciate you welcoming me onto your podcast. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Susie. I know I learned a lot from getting her insights into building a software company. Uh, if you'd like to check out the links to anything that we mentioned in this episode, including any of those ways that you can work with me that I talked about at the very beginning of the episode, just go to theunconventionalrd.com slash episode 015. You'll be able to find the transcript to this episode, you can listen online, and you can find links to everything that Susie and I mentioned throughout this interview. I hope again that you guys are doing all right during these crazy times. I really have so much empathy for all of us in this situation. And thank you to all of you who are working on the front lines. Like, I can't even imagine. And I'm just so grateful for your professionalism and your hearts and everything that you're doing for us and our country. So thank you. And I'll see you guys next week.